Dumpshot on air number 18. Tunnels and Threads. Malin Bang in conversation with Juliana Hodkinson. Hello and thank you for joining Dumpshot on air, our series of conversations on music and experiment. My name is Thomas Schäfer from the Darmstadt team and I welcome you to edition number 18 of our podcast. In this conversation, our tutor for composition of this year's Darmstadt summer course, the Swedish artist Malin Bang, talked to visiting composer of the summer course 2018, Juliana Hodkinson from England. Malin and Juliana met some years ago when they shared a teaching position at the Academy for Music and Drama in Gothenburg. Since that time, they followed each other's work with great respect and affection. Their approach to thinking and talking about music to compose and perform might be different, but they both agree to central positions of the creative process and the conceptual and sonic unity. It's not simply the composer who delivers the score. Much more important for both of them is the collective who finds decisions that make sense. Composing, performing and listening are part of this concept, where the body gains more and more importance and competence. Before Malin and Juliana talked about their working methods, they exchanged about tunnels and threads between concept and performance and about the pleasures of hanging out in the world of the idea. Please enjoy listening. Yeah, hello, Juliana. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks very much. And um, it's uh, great to meet you like this. Marlon, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. And it's uh, it's kind of a, a fun coincidence that we uh, you have been actually meeting my students today digitally so we saw each other briefly earlier today and um, we have also been uh, active I mean both you and I the past years we have been active uh, artistically but also started to have a more of a teaching composition activity going on at the same time yeah, I mean that's how we met, right? I, we 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 were um, uh, job sharing, uh, you know, teaching in in Gothenburg uh, together, um, and in a temporary capacity, and, and where you, where you've um, now continued, and um, it's just really great, actually, yeah, precisely today to come back and see some of the same students uh, again, and of course many new ones, um, and while you've been developing this masters in. Uh, experimental composition. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it's uh, very interesting to be able to develop the, um, the program of the master in a way that we think is uh, interesting and give them um, possibilities to persons with very different type of artistic backgrounds to join in this uh, interest for uh, sound, sound art and, and music. So, and I thought... Yeah, when we first met, as you said, a few years ago in, in Gothenburg, we were all, we were both very busy uh, teaching and planning and organizing auditions. And at that time, we didn't really 
had the opportunity to sit down and uh, talk about uh, each other's artistic matters. So, so then when this uh, podcast uh, possibility came up, I thought it was a great uh, opportunity to, to have this uh, chat now instead and uh, continue the, the, the discussion. And um, I, uh, I thought um, an interesting starting point um, knowing and having experienced um, several of your pieces and uh, is to uh, in the process in between the the first idea of a piece going through the process and ending with with the sounding result because i also think when i experience your music it's very much um uh, conceptual and a sonic unity in one way that there are a lot of exploration going on in both these ends of an artistic process. Uh, I don't know if you can recognize this, uh, yeah, description of it. Oh yeah, totally. And I, I, um, I guess maybe what, uh, yeah, also, uh, Thinking, thinking of your works, I guess one overlap in both our uh, ways of working from from the beginning to the end of a uh, of a piece or an idea is also that um, ideas and the means by which they can be realised uh, and the concepts which are produced along the way seem to maybe come in clusters. Um, yeah, so there's maybe not one just one idea that that channels through into one concept and there's one sounding result. Um, although that's that, that focus and that concentration is of course the sort of goal of the whole, of the whole process, but there's also a kind of coming together of objects of different people's inputs of, uh, ideas from different sources, uh, of concepts, which might be small or large in dimension, um, and all of these sort of channel uh, through to a sounding result, which might or might not be the same from performance to performance. Is that something you can recognize? Yeah, definitely. And I think also what we might, interests we might share are this uh, human connection, what happens throughout the process with this uh, interhuman relations, everything that... Uh, are part of, of the process, both uh, in the beginning and towards the end when you are creating the performance and uh, to see those um, meetings as a resource of, of realizing uh, both the project and the piece that, and that those persons who are there and those uh, meeting possibilities that they are almost like part of the of the music more or less yes it's strange because in a way that seems like something that uh, we would probably all be aware of on the other hand it's something that's obviously um uh, often not talked about or not uh, not really acknowledged for for what it is so there's often a concentration on uh, yeah, either abstract concepts or extremely uh, material elements like uh, instruments, uh, particular hardwares, softwares, uh, yeah, maybe objects and so on, sound sources. Uh, and then we have this kind of body in the middle, but it's this, uh, it's the person or the people's 
sensory motoric skills that that bring these two things together and allow them to kind of produce an interesting result for a sonic performance um and i think they're also very much of the sensory motoric skill as being something that's had both by the human who is performing and the human who is listening um so obviously musicians have uh, a range of skills a set of, a set of skills um uh, that that they have learned and practiced and uh, and brought to a certain level but also a listener um when we think of ear training or auditory competence as something that can be gained or l- later in life lost um uh that, yeah these two uh actions which the body performs performing and listening as a kind of bodily practice uh is what brings material and concept together yeah absolutely and i think yeah, i'm thinking more and more in the in the way of the the physical proximity to the music to to bring the human body into the music to let the yeah the function of the body come come out and influence how you play an instrument and breathing for example or using your um, arms in a certain way or really using the energy of the of the human body in relation to the instrument and also as you say that we talk a lot about material and um, everything which is very easy to pinpoint and extremely concrete that's easy to talk about but what actually shapes the music in the end is very much the the persons involved and how they um, how they do music and on on the level of um, we work with musicians who are so experienced and they they have all a very high technical level and then it's so interesting to see their musicality and their relation to their instrument and how how that influences how they how they shape what we write and i think that's why it's so so interesting to also dive into this uh, middle area <laughs> yeah i w- i was uh, really fascinated um so before this conversation we exchanged some scores and surfed each other's works a bit and a bit, a bit more and um uh, in one of the pieces that you sent me underpassing which i'm sure you can uh, say more about in a minute um uh, in the it, amongst the instructions there's uh, the concept of the beautiful sound that each player has to find uh, uh and this is a kind of yeah channeling a a personal approach for them or to what is a beautiful sound and you've described uh what that could be or what would be the criteria in this this context but then uh later in the score um you you write about this beautiful sound that they have each uh chosen as uh, as a thing uh that is to be sent down a pipe and it becomes like a very it becomes like an it is an object um but it it retains the name the beautiful sound uh so you know yeah i think it's like uh pick up the beautiful sound and uh send it through the pipe towards percussionist number three um so it's like kind of teleporting uh a musical uh, like a, a, a sonic idea which obviously is uh has a level of abstraction and of also uh subjective value which is 
quite rich and complex. And I, I love this description of uh, the beautiful sound as uh, uh, as a phrase which uh, can be can be used at many different levels. And and there's sort of a playfulness in in what happens to this beautiful sound object um, and how it can move around pipes and and yeah be teleported from one place to another almost um uh i yeah i love that uh literalness of taking uh an uh a, a relatively abstract concept of what is the beautiful in in sound and bringing it bringing it sort of down to the level of something that 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 is very tactile uh and is movable and can be passed from one person to another and it's just a, a wonderful exchange that seems to be happening there or maybe you can tell us about this beautiful sound and uh and about its relation to the pipe yeah it seems like in this piece there are several perspectives of of the process that uh, is dealing with memories and uh, i think the beautiful sound is uh, one of the items that are both active on this uh, more metaphorical level and the actual uh, instrumental level. So the first, the starting point of the piece was that um, Penguins, who is a percussion trio in Norway, they are based in Oslo. Uh, I know that I was going to write a piece for them. And um, since several years earlier, I was interested in tunnels and the phenomenon of a tunnel to go into a tunnel and experience its acoustic, but also experience the uh, atmosphere in the tunnel or where it's located. Often it's quite uh, a bit scary in the darkness in a tunnel, but there is also a lot of personal expressions in tunnels with a lot of graffiti, and there are so many different types of tunnels that has such a different uh, both function and uh, expression almost. And um, I wanted to ask the members in the group to um, each of them chose a tunnel which had some kind of special meaning for them, some, some a tunnel that they have a personal relation to. And knowing that Norway is a country with so many tunnels. It's, uh, of course, so much mountains there, so there are many tunnels. And I was sure that they were going to find out a tunnel that uh, was important to them. So the whole pro project started with that they told me their memories of, a, of specific tunnels. And, uh, and then we actually even one day took... Um, a drive to these three tunnels. We went on out on a tunnel safari. And um, in this way, we had a new layer of memory. So they had their memories from their childhood. And then when we on, went on to this trip, we created new memories together as a collective of this project. And that was a very interesting experience. And we, we also tried out the sounds in the tunnels, the acoustics, the material of the walls and so on. And we brought different tools. So we experienced both a um, very beautiful countryside tunnel close to the mountains, a walking tunnel. And then we had another 
channel, which was more of an intersection of traffic with a with a bridge, with cars, and very low down a creek. And then we had the bike and the walking lane. And then the third tunnel was a very busy uh, car tunnel. And uh, we got to actually visit the, um, one of the tunnel uh, pipes, which was under renovation. So we got to go into a car tunnel and we got to play with the, with the, yeah, both the floor and the, and the walls there while hearing the roar of the cars in the tunnel pipe beside this. So after this trip, we were back with a lot of uh, material already. And it happened to be outside of the, of the studio of the trio. There are a lot of construction pipes lying around. And I thought that was an interesting, very direct, uh, of course, association to tunnel to, to be able to play the whole piece on a pipe symbolizing the the tunnel so uh, the main instrument is a jagged plastic pipe and uh, all the um, noted materials somewhat relate to either their stories about their experiences from the tunnel or the sounds that we found when we were exploring the tunnels and um, so the beautiful sound was also uh, an item that you chose from memory, uh, hopefully in relation to a tunnel, and that could also contrast to all the other more percussive and uh, sweeping, scraping sounds of the piece. And as you said, you, you send it through the pipe and uh, you somehow have almost like a choreography within the group that you need to lift up the long, this is a three meter long pipe, and you need to send this item through and uh, towards the end of the piece you actually can take the tunnel pipe apart in three parts and you keep walking and having another person's beautiful sound <laughs> with you in the pipe while you walk out from the uh, concert space so in this way it was uh, very interesting, I think, to to uh, connect to the performers who are actually uh, rehearsing and performing the piece and being the creating the idea and the musical material of the piece. Yeah, um, and more than that, because it sounds like also um, uh, it's a major point to uh, create uh, a sort of excess of value or an increase of value um, so that, you know, not only is this a method for generating material or generating choice of materials and partly uh, delegating that out um, so that something can happen that is chosen by by them, but also uh, by, by drawing on their memories and taking this drive together and creating new collective memories that then kind of feed into the meaning of why they in performance then do the things they do in the way they do and with the intensities that they do that that's built up uh from these sonic experiences of uh thinking uh, yeah exploring the acoustics of various tunnels and uh um and and that the pipe uh, for them whether or not it's specifically available to the 
to the audience or not, uh, the, the pipe, the object and everything uh, has a has a value for them or a, a, a relation between them or a function in their relation, which is more than just just the object and that they sound like this or like that. Yeah, very much. And they are also able to, in within the rehearsal process, they uh, are able to judge the sound and the sound qualities and they can relate to what we have experienced together. And uh, it's not only the composer who can uh, need to deliver all the answers, but you can make collective uh, decisions that, uh, that make sense. And, uh, and I also think uh, for me, it's always interesting to, to develop my own notion of what, what is a, a concept of a piece, what is an idea and how can you actually find several layers of this idea and the details of it that then actually just almost organically feed into the, the concrete creation of the piece. Uh, I saw the, the score of uh, one of your pieces, Nothing Breaking the Losing, and I also experienced one of the performances of this piece in Harpa in, in Reykjavik, and I was at that performance very captured by the collective experience that was in the room, because in this piece also certain audience members are are part of the performance in a somewhat very natural way. It's almost like this is something so uh, easy and, uh, and uh, evident for those persons and they are able to participate in the piece whilst they're listening. And also the situation for the performer is also very much of a listening and interactive experience with the audience and uh, yeah it would be very interesting to hear you talk a little bit about how you actually created this piece what was the first idea that came to your mind and how how did it all come together with them you also had some small objects on threads and uh, it's such a um, uh, delicate and uh, uh, interesting connection how with the violin the threads the um, the small objects and the interaction of everyone in the piece oh yeah i mean i uh, this this piece i uh, was a kind of a tabula rasa piece for me because i uh, i hit a spot where i uh, for various reasons was very interested in uh, going a bit further with the idea of uh, participation of various subjects, uh, you know, the participation between composer and musician, between musician and uh, listener, and between listeners. And I wanted to make a piece that would be actually impossible to perform without the listeners being active to some extent. And I realized that not all listeners want to be involved, but, you know, Given a given a group, there probably will be some that'll be up for some kind of involvement uh, in a in a situation which is basically performative, uh, and that this performative uh, that this request 
that the piece will make of the listener to get involved or of some listeners to get involved, this request will probably have to be quite minimal and reduced so that it is possible. Uh, it will have to be something very small that people need to do in, in order for them not to be feel unskilled or uh, that, that there's going to be failure. Uh, and it ended up actually being a piece kind of very much about uh, collapse, anticlimax, uh, failure. Um, the piece basically constructs itself. Um, so there's a central performance area on the floor uh, where there are some objects and also a string instrument, which may be amplified or not. The string in instrument has all additionally threads attached to it and the objects which are kind of at the level of a antiquated domestic uh, sort of tea time picnicy sort of level cups uh thimbles house house keys set of house keys glasses um drinking glasses and um and small metal objects and so on uh, all of this collection of things on the floor then becomes activated during the piece by the musician uh, picking up these uh, threads and giving them to the audience and stringing some of the objects onto the threads, knowing that along the way, some of the audience will probably lose the grip on the thread and there might be an object falling to the floor and getting broken. And that's a kind of part of it. And out of this cluster of threads that then is gradually um uh, assembled with the audience around this uh, uh, cluster of objects and instruments on the on the floor. Uh, at some point, there's enough threads uh, hanging in the air between between people's hands that um, that the uh, string instrument can actually run along these these nylon and cotton threads uh as if they are a kind of static bow and so the musician can play the cluster so to speak or play the cluster of threads that is being held by the listener and then the piece uh partly drew through through these uh, little small accidents that happen uh and also through the introduction of scissors uh cutting threads uh, scissors both in the hands of the uh, musician and in the hands of the listeners that she gives the scissors to um then then the, the piece kind of destructs itself de destroys itself everything uh falls down and um there's a few other elements to the piece such as an ambient drone as well and there's also spoken word um which is a kind of oblique commentary uh or variation on a commentary of uh, what's taking place um but i with with all this kind of i wanted to construct this situation uh not only as an invitation to some kind of benevolent participation by which we will all uh come closer to one another and communicate better and everything but also actually uh out of a sense of uh urgency that if i really wanted to move into a participatory uh field with what i was doing and if i really wanted to uh, release the idea that, yeah, musical creativity is something had in hierarchical structure with a composer as an individual having ideas and passing them on to a musician who realizes them uh, uh, in front of a 
passive audience. Um, if I really wanted to kind of make a move on uh, softening those hierarchies, then I would need to make a piece that uh, constructs itself and destructs itself uh, in the hands of the listeners. Yeah, and how did you get any um, any reactions from from those who had been the participants in the audience? What, how was uh, the experience of this? Did they enjoy both the <laughs> the playing and the deconstruction of the whole thing? Yeah, there have been different performances and um, uh, indoor and outdoor and. Uh, Uh, more theatrical with uh, with uh, lighting and a louder ambient drone, or more acoustic um, and ambient in the in the acoustic sense, uh, sound being in uh, in focus. And it has been also uh, performed uh, within a conference setting where there definitely was Q and A afterwards. And I, I I got a lot of feedback there in different directions. Uh, it has also been performed in a in a village, in a garden in village, uh, with people, um, feeling far, far, far out of their comfort zone. So I have, uh, definitely received the, uh, responses that sometimes, uh, some, some listeners will find this situation to be playful and pleasurable. Um, and others will find it actually deeply worrying and make them very nervous that they might be picked. And there definitely are listeners who, Uh, reverse from you know back away from and and you know avert their eyes as soon as the musician comes towards them with an object um so it's definitely not uh uh for everyone uh a, perceived as being a benevolent invitation it definitely is kind of angst producing for some people there's an element of yeah stage fright or um Uh, or of being on the spot, and even with these very, very simple things that um, that the piece requests. Of course, there's the danger that uh, if you get involved, you might be asked to do something that goes to a higher level, and that you might find out that you're not good at or something. That's what we are used to in uh, in being suddenly on stage without knowing what the script is. So, um, so there's, there's, um, you know, there are, there are different kind of approaches to, to that situation, depending on the listener. And another aspect of it is maybe also that not only does the piece not exist or be performed without this involvement, but of course that means that it also cannot in any way be rehearsed. Uh, so the musician is also totally, uh, dependent on, The reaction of the listeners and getting them engaged or accepting the fact that certain people will reject the situation and will not want to get involved. Uh, the musician has no opportunity beforehand to rehearse this piece in any meaningful way, uh, neither sonically nor choreographically or in any other way. It's it's all just an idea. So until the audience is there, it's all just ideas, plans, designs, something on paper or something uh, abstract. And the score is extremely minimal for that reason. Uh, and it basically all happens just in those 15 minutes. I think that's the the beauty of the piece also, that the the audience, those persons are really needed to to perform the piece. And I think when they realize that, and when they perhaps realize that it's, it will be uh, a quite simple 
task that they also start to to enjoy it and uh, start to be cre- even creative with with uh, how they play the threads and so on. Yeah, that has been my hope, but I totally have res- uh, respect and find it interesting as well that um, that there can also be res- resistance. I think often as a uh, as an artist, it, one is used to having an idea that one assumes everyone's going to love or get on board with, or everyone's going to be able to kind of run with this idea. And uh, and you find out that actually it's so idiosyncratic. Uh, nobody understands what you mean at all. And uh, uh, by the time you've kind of um, communicated this idea, it's actually become something else because it needs to be adapted for other people to, uh, to actually sort of, um, yeah, become feasible. Um, and that, that process interests me a lot. And uh, I think that's one of the things uh, also that is in the kind of participatory moment is the idea of the resonance that happens through uh, uh, being in the mode of input and output at the same time. And when I, when I open my mouth to say something and I already be registering who is listening and maybe on the way to saying something already changing my mind about what I'm going to say based on the awareness that uh people are concentrating not concentrating expecting something not expecting something and so on so this continual adjustment that that we have in communication i think is also very valuable in in the collaborative musical situation uh also including the listener that um yeah these uh these ideas that that are coming into a an artistic situation are also uh, able to be uh, malleable to some extent and can be adapted to how they are being received. Yeah, and of course, each uh, different situation, as you say, uh, the d- different combinations of persons create different uh, listening situations. And uh, it's one thing when a piece is performed in a contemporary music uh, festival with uh, listeners who are very well adapted to the situation compared to other situations where where it might be more surprising and and i wonder if even if you is a very uh, yeah listener who has been hearing a lot of contemporary music if you also get very influenced by by the combination of persons in the room or how much our experience of music is uh, influenced by this yeah i would hope so i would uh i would hope maybe for myself as a listener also that um that the uh context in which i'm listening contributes to what it is i'm i'm listening to and that that you know the, in a live situation uh yeah in 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 every in any live concert or performance situation that 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 would be the point of it um i think i maybe we have all experienced this anyway uh during the corona time when there has just been these windows of time when a concert was somehow possible in the summer and uh suddenly a standard contemporary music concert becomes something uh deeply moving at a at a at a whole different level just simply because we're we're there and we're able to be together and it's happening and and also because the 
proximity of being able to mingle and network and uh, hang out at the bar and everything is kind of subtracted from the situation, which might otherwise make it a lesser experience, but somehow actually kind of heightens the concentration and, and the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the level of feeling uh, that, that, that this is something special and unique that a concert can happen at all. Um, yeah, it's true. It became extremely exclusive, those moments when we could uh, come out of isolation and listen to music. I, I don't think I have felt such a lot of focus and energies that in like in those experiences during the past year when I was really able to be in a room with musicians and other audience and uh, yeah, it's also interesting to to think of has this uh, past pandemic time, which has been going on now for more than a year, how has it influenced our way of uh, working and relating to music and what will happen after this uh, period? Will, will uh, things go back to normal or do we have a whole new set of... Uh, types of practices to to relate to and to hold on to yeah de i mean definitely going out of this there will you know have been many different shifts of values and they might also be in opposite directions at once so you know while we've all been sitting around producing digital content uh, willfully or against our will uh, uh, as a replacement of uh, things that had been conceived as uh live situations uh you know on the one hand uh, maybe we've uh, gained some skills that we didn't have before or uh gained also a kind of uh a cons consumer skill that that wasn't so much in focus uh at the same time uh yeah the val the value of live performance has gone immeasurably up it's a it's the scarcest gold bar uh of <laughs> of the you know of of musical experience now to be to be able to actually um experience something uh live um so so yeah the, the shift in values could will probably be quite complex and what we what we want and what we don't want what we desire what we've had enough of and so on would probably uh it, it, yeah just be sort of reconfigured uh in ways that will probably take just as long to get our head round as the past year has taken to get our head round uh, what it means to uh, be an artist in a pandemic yeah, and it's almost like now it has been normalized, this situation. It took almost a year for it to to become normal. And it's quite um, both interesting and scary at the same time how adoptable we are to, to this uh, very extreme situations. And uh, I think also it will be interesting to follow up if how will art even have a new position in society, will we, will it, uh, after this period, um, do we have new, uh, are people ready for new uh, type of reflections and uh, for music to have actually a, a deeper meaning and live music, of course, that uh, uh, than before, or I wonder if it's soon forgotten and back to normal situation again. 
yeah who who knows but but thinking of um thinking of like the kind of individual situation i suppose that uh adam is just sort of running through my mind how uh yeah the local has come into focus and so many levels socially um of course um that yeah we're all bound to our places but i'm i'm just very aware of the fact okay i'm sitting here in berlin and you're sitting in sweden and uh, uh from almost anywhere outside Sweden, we're kind of thinking, yeah, in Sweden, maybe there's uh, the, uh, uh, the the sort of lockdown f- uh, phenomenon has not been maybe such a big experience as it has uh, in somewhere like Germany, where it's been pretty consistent um, and uh, or rigorous. Uh, so I wonder what it's meant, for example, for your ensemble, um, which is all about getting together and uh, working up uh, not just pieces, but whole kind of, uh, yeah, practice, a, a whole practice, a collective practice, what it's meant for your ensemble uh, during the pandemic to be able or not able to continue some level of that. Yeah, we have had so many different situations during the past year, planning for a concert, uh, having to change it at the last minute, having to take corona tests, having to yeah, re- reduce the ensemble and then ultimately during the autumn only being able to um, perform together with the persons in Sweden because uh, the different restrictions in different countries made it impossible for our clarinetist from Belgium, for example, to join and for a violinist and a guitarist in Denmark to come and our cellist in Switzerland. So it has been a very scattered uh, past time where we haven't been able to, to gather the, the whole group. But uh, it has also been interesting to be in contact with, with everyone and actually follow how the cultural politics have been different in the different countries during this time. Because as Sweden has not been having a specific lockdown like that, uh, it has been recommendations to stay home as much as possible. But very soon there was a um, rule that you cannot gather people in even a contemporary music concert, even with distance. It was treated the same as a sport event, uh, that it cannot happen while the malls and the supermarket keeps being open and gather people. Um, and it took very much time for any rule to apply to those commercial places while we heard, for example, in Belgium, although there was a severe lockdown, they could still gather and do smaller cultural artistic projects. And uh, I think this uh, for us in Sweden, it was just uh, somewhat a manifestation of how ignored our art forms are. And uh, I think that can also uh, fuel some um, uh, yeah pressure towards the the cultural politics uh, onwards yeah th- i mean that's really interesting in germany uh, culture 
uh, in terms of the administration of uh, lockdown or not lockdown, culture has been grouped together with gastronomy. So <laughs> that's quite an interesting place to be. That doesn't—I—I <laughs> I don't think I've—you uh, know—we've been used to seeing our uh, professional field as uh, as an as that closely to gastronomy before. Um, uh, so. Yeah, it, it has also hurt, hurt a lot in, in in Germany that there have been uh, certain categories uh, of of work that uh, was considered okay to, to carry on and uh, transport for certain reasons is okay, but not to go to uh, to um, any kind of cultural um, gathering uh, on the level of yeah, where you where you could get a takeaway, right? Um. <laughs> yeah, and how how can you experience that this uh, pastime has influenced your compositional practice do you think it has influenced how you have been gathering side gathering ideas or how you have been pursuing your projects lately well i mean of course you know if, um uh yeah i like you uh, have a family and there's uh, there's the that that big difference of uh, uh of whether the lockdown uh, or the or the kind of restrained socialization has has meant that um if one has loads and loads of time on your hands or that you're kind of doubling up with the work life family thing all um in this in the same four walls so uh, initially it was uh, creativity just went right out the window and everything was very uh, pragmatic but over time i must say i think generally for myself and for many people this has been a really great time for reflection and artistic research uh, research and development and for um uh, maybe there's not been such so much of an impetus of everyone wanting to start new projects although that's happening too but but of course it's uh, there's the kind of fear of looking ahead and and, and making reliable plans but definitely this reflection on uh, uh, on works that one has done and collaborations that one has to revisit those maybe revise something or re-edit um and bring something to to another level and then of course to um these uh, gear changes that we've all had to make between thinking that we're going to have a live output and and one needing to digitalize it in one way or another um you know has also kind of uh, forced a lot of um self-knowledge on on how process uh, impacts on ideas and when the process is then kind of massively rerouted um, and one decides to go with it and and find out where it goes suddenly we're we're kind of getting very um flexible about about working uh, in new ways and, and and letting the process interfere because we have no other options uh, i think that's been uh, definitely rewarding for all kinds of um insights and and also exchanges um to be able to uh, discuss yeah to be able to discuss uh, variability and uh, uh, permeability uh of situations um at a at a different level rather than being very focused on reliable planning and that professionalism is associated very closely with uh, fulfilling a plan and uh, now we've had to sort of deal with the idea that professionalism is something to do with being incredibly flexible. Yeah, definitely. It uh, has been a lot of, uh, yeah, brainstorming briefly to, to solve a situation. And also the, 
the will to to carry through a project in in spite of all obstacles there are uh, has been really uh, strong i think just to to do anything to be able to have a performance or to to gather all the possible ideas to to be able to meet or or to to do things in a slightly alternative way and that might feed into the way we can think of realizing our our music as well that there are there is a starting point and there are several paths through this process that can end up differently depending on which decisions you take and of course uh, perhaps there might be even several versions of the same piece that can be performed in different ways uh, depending on the situation and uh, i guess that's uh, something we ha- didn't have to to think about before so in, in this way it's uh, can be uh, yeah uh, quite needed challenge in a way yeah there's been this multiplication on so many levels multiplication of methods multiplication of goals and yeah as you say uh, there might not be just one great outcome for uh, f- for a given production uh, maybe there are several good ways to go uh, and there but only one of them is possible right now and then another one might be possible uh, at a different point you know so uh, being able to sort of uh, conceive a plurality of outcomes <laughs> is something that we've all been training the past uh, the past year to be able to think that there can be various scenarios and however stressful it is to not know whether the, we're actually working on scenario a b c or d or z um uh it's very empowering also to realize that actually something that started off in scenario a and ended up in scenario scenario z uh <laughs> seems rewarding and seems uh seems authentic uh and authenticity might not be uh yeah the, the strength of that work might not be attached to to these kind of singularities that art works with so so much the singularity of there's one idea one concept one method uh and uh, one score one composer one one interpretation and so on but all of these you know can be sort of thought of as clusters of possibilities um uh yeah a, a range a spectrum uh of right and good ways to bring these things uh, into a communicative, communicative situation and to distribute it somehow. Yeah, and I, I often think of of our uh, position as composers as of being in one end of um, communication structure, if you would uh, look at any type of uh, ordinary communication chart you have um, you have a sender and then you have a message encoding into some transmission you have the receiver that is decoding the message and somehow for us composers and for composers of notated music there is so much filters going on through this uh, uh, direction through this communication structure that we need to be very clear at the beginning what is our message and uh, if we are able to to form that to form this message or idea uh, with uh, some type of clarity and and depth then this uh, putting it down on the paper giving it to musicians who are interpreting the score and then we come to the performance 
space and many different parameters are also influencing the the performance at this point before it uh, reaches the the receiver and i think maybe if you look at it in this larger way we can along the way <laughs> takes a slight turn and uh, find a new variation of uh, of um, continuing this uh, channeling the message in different ways oh now now we've been kind of uh, really agreeing about many things and now i think i come to the point where i'm where where i maybe we 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 um have uh, different different uh, approaches here because um i would say that the um clarity of 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 message is normally something that absolutely escapes me um and only <laughs> only becomes apparent like towards the end of a process when i think oh i guess that's what i was trying to get at um, um and then i recognize something from the past which was uh, you know at the time maybe Fair, fairly fuzzy. So um, I'm, I guess I'm quite committed to the idea that it's all these things that happen on the way that in themselves are clarifying. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, which maybe says a lot about uh, my working method. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's interesting. So actually, your working method is that you uh, get clearer and clearer the, the more you continue with the, with the project. Yeah, there's there's such a there's such an element of waiting waiting for something to clarify itself uh, by being developed. So the, the chicken and the egg, or the cart before the horse, and thing is 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 a is a big dilemma for me always. Um, uh, is uh, is is there a basic idea that is, yeah, I, I rarely have this kind of uh, vision of something that I want to realize and then I just need to find out how to do it. It's more or less that I throw myself into a situation like I described with this desire to make a piece that can't be done without the audience, you know, so I have some kind of, I have no idea what form that could take <laughs> but maybe in your language that would count as a message <laughs> yeah that already sounds like an idea a piece which has to be realized with the audience but it's true that uh, and especially later years I have been enjoying spending a lot of times with this idea before I even start to write down anything to really I like to just hang out in this world of the idea and uh, really work out layers in the idea that uh, makes it um, make sense in a way and that and then I uh, I my method is to really have this idea worked out with um, with the so that it can work almost like a spine through the process that I, I it can direct to what method I need to use when I compose. And if I ever wonder when I'm in the middle of the process what I'm trying to do, I can always zoom out and go back to the idea. And this idea can give me answers on how to how to continue, what type of material to create. And um, maybe I'm also... Uh, thinking that the ending sounding result is um, hopefully very close to this original vision and that I am able to expand the the, the idea and the visions um, more and more with more experience and then that will give me more uh, more 
yeah more layers to work with through the through the process and also a sounding result which is actually uh, hopefully matching the original idea well that's that's my aim and that's always uh, of course uh, you never know if the if the sounding result is exactly what you meant and even after i'm done with the piece i my strongest connection to the piece might still be the original idea <laughs> Oh, but I love this description of uh, the kind of pleasure of hanging out in an idea world <laughs> before the, you know, before all the kind of work begins. That's what it sounds like in any case. Uh, uh, because to me, it's always quite stressful that 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 beginning uh, phase before things are on their way. And, and um, however uh, protracted that moment can be, um, uh, yeah, I, I always thought of it as something to be uh, overcome, or you know, one has to sort of get out of this zone where nothing's happening. And I and I, I, I just think it's lovely the way you describe it as uh, just the pleasure of hanging out right there um, before it's all concrete and before there's uh, things to be solved and uh, aspects that need to align with one another um, or be uh, yeah, sort of reskilled. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, and I think. Of course, this uh, the past time has uh, probably challenged our ways of working, but uh, I think still it's um, this type of of idea world is uh, completely possible to dive into. Uh, what is actually what are you working on at the moment? What will be your uh, next project, or what is uh, going on now? Uh, yeah, at the moment I'm um, writing some versions uh, of uh, of pre-existing pieces, uh, also a solo piece for uh, matches. Uh, mm. I've been working with matches for about 20 years, but I've never done mm. a solo before, so now I'm doing a solo piece. Uh, and then I have an ongoing project, um, which was uh, um, together with uh, two other artists, um, visual artist Marsha Ginsberg and theatre director uh, and librettist Katharina Schmidt. Uh, we we started a collaboration at least two years ago, uh, which had its first iteration uh, now in a festival, which even before Corona was called the disappearance of music. But the <laughs> festival then, of course, had to go online during Corona uh, and our music theatre collaboration needed to be uh, made into a film uh, or, or the first iteration of it is a, mm. is a short film. So, uh, with, but that's, this is an ongoing uh, work that we're, that we're continuing with um, and have been working with Neue Vokal Solisten. So, um, mm. That's yeah. That's been something in between what's possible and uh, the ideas that actually the the um, the pandemic has actually kind of fed that work, which began anyway being about various kinds of social angst uh, and a fear of diffuse uh, fear in public spaces. Uh, and so, of course, the present time has uh, made that very concrete for us and and has been something where we could f see a connection between uh maybe possibly abstract uh artistic idea and a social and political situation which is very much uh, at the forefront um so that's um yeah we we we're, we're that's our kind of working through project 
how about you? What 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 is your yeah. present? What's on your desk? Yeah, connecting to this um, idea of uh, yeah social political context, I'm working on. Um, um, perhaps I could call it sound theater or a music drama of some kind uh, with. Um, uh, with uh, right now, it's the moment of uh, creating the, the the text for it, and it's a, a, a writer in Hong Kong, Pat Toyan, who is writing the libretto, uh, focusing on friendship under suppression. Uh, so this is, of course, a very updated. Um, topic in several parts of the world at the moment, uh, both uh, and friendship and friendship under isolation in suppression. So we are uh, working on this and uh, luckily the, it's not until next year that it's going to be performed. So we are hoping uh, yeah, that uh, the situation will be normal again then. And uh, I'm also working on a piece which will become an um, inside piano concerto <laughs> for um, uh, yeah, only the use of the strings in the piano with various performance tools and uh, interacting with the orchestra. And here I'm discovering different um, types of perspectives, the, the closest proximity with a very... Uh, sharp and uh, and crunchy type of sounds, and then a vast layer, uh, which is the largest part, with a more that goes from the the closeness all the way over to the horizon, and then a third material, which is representing the glimpse of the horizon, and then hopefully I will manage to change the perspectives to make the horizon move close and the other way around so there is a exploration of the of these possibilities of changing perspective more or less yeah i mean this uh, this sounds like something which uh, um yeah uh, obviously you have to cross fingers and toes and everything for, for 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 this to happen but the to be working on something which you know that when it is performed. That means that so many things are going well in the world. <laughs> um, you know that that that's uh, uh, obviously uh, conditional upon a certain situation, uh, which we are all longing for and, and you know thirsty, hungry for. Um, so that seems like a massive, uh, uh, yeah, investment of. Uh, hope and uh, use of, you know, appropriate use of the imagination to kind of uh, const construct a work for uh, for orchestral performance, uh, which um, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, which can be which can be played when uh, so many of these kind of obstructions and problems uh, have subsided. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, somehow I feel the need to cling on to some type of uh, idea of uh, yeah of hope of coming out of this. It's something which is not relating to the current situation. And uh, I think it was uh, beautiful that you mentioned the hope, and uh, perhaps this is a good uh, way of rounding off our over 
conversation and thinking of the the hope and our uh, anyway strong engagement that we feel at the moment from everyone in in our field to to bring as soon as possible uh, bring ourselves together being able to to have these collective experiences that we have been talking about yes absolutely i mean the imagination has carried us through this period to to a large extent and and then the um ability to engage again and to have real relations um uh, around sound uh, uh yeah will hopefully be soon and real and uh, uh and substantial and yeah so for that uh I guess we just have to wish wish each other luck. Yeah, and I really hope to be able to see you very soon in reality. And uh, indeed, when you come down to uh, uh, to um, or come over to uh, visit uh, the students uh, in Aarhus, where I'm teaching, uh, so that's part of our exchange, and then we can uh, continue uh, this. Yeah, this kind of um, hub of crossing paths around teaching uh, and uh, yeah through our students also fostering all these common themes yeah definitely I very much look forward to it and uh, thank you so much Juliana for being part of this uh, conversation and uh, pleasure I wish uh, anyone who is uh, listening best of uh, luck with your ongoing practices and I hope we can We'll meet soon again. Thanks, Marlon. Thank you.